Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are raising the standard of what it means to be a man of God. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. And men, thank you for taking time uh, to tune in either to listen or to watch this episode. This episode will be on Facebook and certainly on YouTube where you're able to watch it or on iTunes and Google Play where you're able to download it and listen to it. Guys, today we're going to talk about being an example worth following. We're looking at uh, three things that we need to apply in our life if we are going to be an example worth following. We've talked about before about we need to be men who are disciples who make disciples. We need to be men of presence. We need to be good husbands. We need to be good fathers. We need to be uh, men who are culture changers. One of the best ways of doing that is being an example, living out an example that is actually worth following if you are someone else. If we are believing that we are leaders, and I believe every man is a leader in some context, uh, we need to every once in a while turn around and see if anyone is following our example. And if they are, are we giving them an example worth following? So guys, it's time for today's show. All right, man. Welcome to the show. Uh, as we said in the introduction, we are talking today about being an example worth following. You know, the foundation of the pursuit of manliness is following the example of Jesus Christ. From the beginning stages of our walk with Christ, we are taught that we should at least uh, pursue following in the footsteps of Jesus, that we look to what Jesus taught us, and then we, we follow Him. And as we follow Him, uh, we help others do the same thing. To know Christ's example, though, we need to be men who are in the Word of God. We need to have a consistent relationship with the Bible. And uh, what I mean by relationship is I don't mean we pray to it. We don't make it um, anything beyond actual the words of God. We read it, we apply it, and we help others do the exact same thing. It really doesn't get any simpler than that to be men who are in the Bible, uh, applying it, praying it back to God, talking to God about it, and then trying to live it out. I, it, it, it's really pretty basic and foundational when you think about uh, the Christian life. Uh, but I shudder to think of how many times in my life that I have, whether it was intentional or not, avoided or ignored the instruction that I received from the Word of God. Whether it was just apathy or laziness from actually getting in the Word of God or reading it to um, just to get some facts or information or just to actually um, apply it in my life. How many things in my life could have been avoided had I paid better instruction uh, to the Word of God? Um, I've met a lot of guys who I would say are Bible lazy. And um, what they do is they make excuses about being lazy when it comes to Word of God. I'm, I'm not a good reader. I, I don't have time. It's, it's a hard book to understand. And simply put, these are just excuses. If you were looking to learn a skill that you thought would help you at advance in your career or to be a better hunter or fisherman or sportsman or uh, guys spend more energy, creative energy, uh, drafting for their fantasy sports than they do understanding the pages of the Word of God and, and what it's meant to do uh, to change them. We must be men of God who are changed by the Word of God because we are in the presence of God. There are several reasons why being in the Word of God is critical. But today, I, I want to look at just one. It's, it's to be an example worth following. 
Are you an example worth following? Are you a husband that it is easy to submit in love to? Are you a husband that uh, your wife has no problem submitting to your authority because of the example that you are following of Jesus Christ? Ephesians talks about this, that husbands loving their wives, watching them with the word. But we generally just hang out the top where it talks about wives submitting. Submitting is a lot easier if the authority is uh, worth submitting to, uh, do your kids see you as an example worth following? Do your grandkids see you as a spiritual leader worth following? Is your church better because you show up um, in your presence and what you have to offer? Is your work environment better? We want to be men who are examples uh, worth following. That's what we're going to focus on today. You see, when we're in a position of influence, we are attempting to get other people to do the same thing. There's two mindsets I believe you can have when you are in a position of leadership. You can either, one, pursue being a person of influence, which means I want to lead you towards doing something better. I want to lead you towards a desired outcome. Um, Or you can attempt to try to make people do something. The truth is, uh, we're not 10, 12 years old. We, we don't want to be made to do anything. I want to be led to do something. So as we learn to be examples worth following, then people will more than likely begin to follow that example. And we're going to unpack that. Um, there's some challenges in our life when it comes to just leading ourselves. Uh, forget trying to even lead somebody else. So we're going to have to get ourselves right before we understand this leadership principle. A lot of times we just want to aspire to leadership because we see it as authority or even in influence or respect that will be garnered. And, and then you get there and realize, well, it's, it's actually earned over a period of time. So again, if we're trying to get people to change their mindset about something or take on a different behavior, um, how can we possibly get them to do that when we know how difficult it is for ourselves to do that? You know, this is a conversation I've had with several men through the years. How can you make somebody, because you can't, but how can you get somebody, that's hard, how do you talk somebody into, do you see all these challenges? I can't make them, I can't get them, I can't talk them into it, but how do I influence them to change their behavior in such a way that is better for them at the end, that it's a desired outcome for their life? How do you see something in someone else's life that they may not see for themselves, How do you do that? Well, the easiest way would be to be an example worth following. Be a consistent, genuine example that is worth following, right? And we want to live it out. We want to live out what we profess to believe. Listen, it's one thing for me to stand behind a microphone or a camera or even stand on a stage on a weekend or behind you know a live video or whatever and talk at you, talk at you, just say words at you with the hope that you might like, comment or share or retweet or you know engage in the conversation. It's something totally different for me to go on the other side of these walls and live it out. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where it's reality. That's where we say, do we live out what we profess to believe? No, we're not, we're not gonna we're not gonna have perfection, but do we live out what we say we're living out? If being a man of God is important to you, then are you living that out or are you just saying that you want to be a man of God. If being a good leader is important to you, are you working on that? Or are you just hoping that suddenly people just follow you? If you want your kids to just love and respect you, are you giving them an example worth following? Are you showing them unconditional love? Or or are you just hoping that it's it's on your terms? You see, that that's not going to work. We need to be an example. So the question is, how do we live by example in such a way that will change our behavior 
but also influence other people to see an example that is worth following. I think there's three things. There's three things I believe we need to do if we're going to see this come to fruition, if we're going to see real life change in us and real life change in others. And the reason why I start with the us part or myself first is because I think a lot of times we want to see changes in other people that maybe we're not willing to to make ourselves. You know, we want to see other people act and behave and, and, and conduct themselves in certain ways that maybe we're not willing to pursue ourselves. And if that's the case, then that's being a heretic and that's being hypocritical. Don't preach at somebody something that's not biblical that you're not living at yourself. Don't try to talk somebody into something that you know you can't do. That's what got the the Pharisees in trouble. They were holding people to such a high standard that deep in their heart they knew that they could not possibly maintain that. And Jesus called out their hypocrisy. So there's three things we want to do. The first thing is this. We want to model it first. We want to model out the desired outcome because when we model it first, it gives us credibility. It's easy for me to tell you, invest in other people. It's easy for me to tell you, be in the word of God. It's easy for me to say, pursue community, build other men. And then I go to my couch and go watch you know, Netflix. No, I got to live it out. Forgive me. I got. I have to live. I need to live that out first. I need to pursue that first because if I'm not doing that, it makes me a fraud, a phony, and and somebody that can't be trusted. Listen, we're already skeptical of people, anyways. And there's people that have listened to this podcast or watched these videos or whatever, and they're skeptical of what I'm saying. Anyway, whether I'm doing it, whether I'm credible, or whether this is even something we can apply. So people are skeptical enough about us, and if we don't live it out, we're giving them reason to question our our motives. And so we need to be consistently modeling this and and living this out and making sure we're doing this. In John 13, Jesus begins to wash the disciples' feet. They have no idea why he's doing this. What Jesus is doing would be a task that was certainly below the standard that any rabbi was willing to go down to, especially God. Think about it. God in human flesh washing the grimy, disgusting feet of his disciples. You have friends in your life. You wouldn't touch their feet. As a matter of fact, you probably tell them, put your shoes back on. Those things are disgusting. Let alone get down at a dinner and wash their feet. If we are not willing to model the change that we desire in our home, in our teams, in our churches, it's never going to happen. You know, I know for me personally, I, I love to give feedback. I love to speak truth into someone's life. Hey, I don't know if you know this or, hey, this is something I'm seeing. This is something I'm witnessing. This is a behavior that I think could, could affect you. And one of the reasons why I do that is because people have done that for me and I haven't always enjoyed it because receiving feedback, on the other hand, is a totally different situation. It's easy to be the person that initiates the conversation. It's not easy, but it's easier to be the person who is going to initiate the conversation. Hey, man, we need to talk. You know, when I see this behavior, when I see this thing model, we, I need you to know that th- this is what's going to happen if, we can, if you keep doing this. That's easier. Listen, I've shared with people why they shouldn't have said certain things, uh, how their actions are hurting their home, how they are not growing spiritually. I've had hard, really hard conversations with people. I've sat down at the table from across from a guy who was gambling all of his life away. He was about to lose everything. I've talked to people who are uh, caught cheating. I've talked to people who've done some some really you know crazy things that you go man that's going to destroy it's easier to be that person delivering it than it is to receive it 
I have not always received feedback with the same zeal that I have given it. If we're going to be examples to other people, we have to model it in all areas of our life. That means in that moment where someone is telling you a hard truth or something you may not uh, appreciate or even agree with, you have to absorb it. We first, above all else, need to model whatever it is of this influence that we're trying to put out there. Now, I think about hard conversations through the years and even recently where people have said things to me that I didn't agree with, but I still need to process it and think about it. At the end of the day, that doesn't mean it changes anything, but it means I'm at least going to give it some consideration because possibly there's some truth there. Maybe God is speaking in them and through them something I need to hear and I need to listen to it. I don't need to push back right away. I don't need to, you know, unfriend them, unfollow them. I don't need to, you know, take them out of my phone. I don't, man, that's not the reaction a grown, maturing man of God should pursue. We need to not be the victim. We need to model it first and foremost. Number two, number two, we need to communicate the desired outcome. We need to communicate why we are desiring change. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, do you understand what I have done for you? He wanted to make sure this was not something they taught. Um, you know, they were just low on help. Like, hey, I just want you to know, like, we're short on help tonight, so I'm going to jump down. I'm going to you know, help these guys. Now, this is not a one-time deal. This was a lifestyle. This was going to completely change the way they saw other people. This was going to change the way they served one another. He said, because you saw me do this, you do the same thing. And so when he told them to go into the world and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, man, these guys are ready because they have absorbed everything that Jesus taught them. He communicated the desired outcome. We do this with our children. The reason why I am doing this is because I'm having this conversation and it's not easy, or this is going to be a hard truth to communicate, or listen, man, I don't know how you're going to take this. I've had moments like that where you almost have to say, look, I know you may not like me afterwards, but I owe this to you to say this. And I've seen it through the years where this has hurt relationships, but yeah, you owe it to them. And if that means they're mad at you for the rest of their life or they don't want to engage, that's okay. <laughs> that is okay if it's the right thing to do. If you spoke it in love, if you spoke it with the vision that it's going to make them better. If you're just being a jerk, that's something totally different. If you're just being, you know, I knew someone years ago who their spouse said, you know, I'm a truth teller. No, you're, you're just being a jerk. Like you're just being rude. So being a truth teller does not give you permission to just, you know, go out and just smacking people around verbally with whatever truth you think you need to tell them. Because knowing those people who claim to be truth tellers, they usually don't receive the truth as well as they deliver it. I would tell my kids this, listen, it would be easier for me to just let you do whatever you want on your phone, whatever you want on your computer, to go to anybody's house, to do whatever you want. It would be so much easier, so much less stressful, but I owe it to you because I'm raising you to be men and women of God. And I can't just let you do whatever you want to do, right? And I give them the reason behind it. The same is true with, with our life here, man. We need, to be, uh, we need to make sure that we communicate the desired outcome. So if you're going to lead out in this and you're going to do this first, my desired outcome might be just to write in a journal. You know, at Tribe, we fill out one of these books every day. It's, it's our field guide. We fill out, not one of these books. We fill out our field guide every day. And the men who diligently, daily engage in Tribe and they post their videos and they dialogue with one another and they jump on Zoom calls, 
Every single one of those guys now is talking about the change that other people are seeing in their life. Their wives are talking about it. The people they work with are talking about it. They're having these really incredible conversations because they have communicated the desired outcome of their self first before they're ever going to see it anyone else. And people are noticing a difference. Those who don't do it will remain the same or worse. It's, it's inevitable. So you create the vision you want for your life. And you create that desired outcome. This is who I want to become, and this is what it's going to take to get there. If you want to be a bodybuilder, you might want to start eating well and lifting weights and going to the gym. You're going to have to do that stuff. You can't be a bodybuilder and eat Cheetos and sit on the couch and watch you know, reruns of Friends. That's, that's just not going to work. That's insanity. So if your desired outcome is to be a better leader, better pastor, better man of God, better husband, father, neighbor, whatever, write that out and then communicate it. Find some people in your life that you can share it with. It might be social media. But I'm telling you, you put it out there on social media, get ready. All right, get ready. Um, Because here's the third thing. You're going to have to repeat it over and over and over. Just like... Just like you know, in, in anything in leadership, you're going to have to overly continue to do it. We, we use the word diligently, right? Think about this. Jesus was with his disciples for three years. Three years this guy was with them. And, and that's the third point here. We need to make sure that we just continue to repeat it over and over. Jesus told him over and over. If your person you're leading hasn't quite got it yet, you're not Jesus. Keep telling them over and over. We learn things at different speeds over every day. They went with him everywhere he went. And listen, they went with everywhere, saw all the lessons, had their own time with Jesus, and they still didn't all get it. Do you think the people in your life might struggle at times to understand the vision you're casting for their life and yours? Yeah, they, they will, man. You have a hard time clarifying the vision for your own life sometimes. So they're going to struggle as well. If you have your people, like as a pastor, if you came to my church every single Sunday for, for the whole year, I get you for 52 hours. I get about 30 to 35 minutes on there. So let's say 26 hours a year, I get to stand in front of you and communicate some kind of biblical truth. Think of the number of hours that you're not in church. That you got radio and TV and podcasts and friends and, and, and everything else in your life competing for your, your brain, right? Think of all those things competing against that 35 minutes of that week. It's going to be a challenge, right? But we need to first and foremost understand as we repeat this over and over, if we're going to be a man of influence, we have to influence ourselves first, right? We have to clarify that it's ourselves first, and then we go on to our house and our children. So this is something you over and over and over. If I lead a bunch of men to be better, better men of God and I suck on the other side of this wall and I'm a terrible husband and father and, and my kids want nothing to do with me, then I failed. So I diligently pursue that. And when I get that right, then I diligently pursue outside of this house over and over, right? But you need to know this. Let's go back to those three things. Number one, model it first. Number two, communicate the desired outcome. Number three, diligently repeat it over and over. Simple as that, right? You need to know this though. Not all people will follow your example. Not all people will respond to your leadership. Some people just don't like your style. Some people don't like your personality. Some people don't like the the words. You know, we all have ticks. We all have things that we do. If you listen to this podcast long enough or watch these videos, you're like, man, he always does that. Yeah, some people hate that. I can't help it. That's, that's what I do. And you have ticks as well. There's going to be some people, right, who just are not going to respond to your leadership. What happened to Judas? He sold Jesus out. The other 11 are playing hide and go seek when Jesus dies. They still didn't get it. But again, I've said it before. People are tough. You can't control crazy. People are tough. All people, especially 
especially yourself, are really difficult to lead. And we know that. The truth is, we are not as strong of a leader in every area of our life that we need to be. So we're going to have to continue to work on that. We're going to have to continue to lead ourselves first. We need to remove preconceived ideas and prejudices and habits and attitudes and all these things that have been instilled in us, as Romans 12, 2 says, that we renew our mind. We renew our mind by being connected to God, by the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we allow God to change us. God, help me be an example that's worth following. Help me listen to the people around me who are telling me I'm not being a good example or I'm struggling in these areas. God, help me be humble enough to relentlessly pursue you. And when we do that, we will be an example worth following. Men, thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. If you're on iTunes, I'd love for you to click subscribe, leave a review on YouTube. I'd love for you to click subscribe. Never miss any of these. Go to, go to thepursuitofmanliness.com. Another place if you click subscribe, you get every podcast, uh, video blog, whatever. You get all that stuff there. And of course, check us out social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All of them are at Pursue Manliness. Our closed Facebook group has some um, additional content. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pursuit of manliness. Men, thank you for listening and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.